listen to what people say. I don't know about you and me. Keep it out your mind, cause jealousy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely would mean a lot to me. But here's where we'll start. So I'm not going to talk about the whole Antonio Brown situation again. Uh, you know, we all, you can go to the last episode. I started with that. I'm just, I just kind of want to put a, 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 a hat. On this situation, I, ch- I just kind of want to want to put a a, a, f- a finality, yeah, a finality on this situation. So Antonio Brown finally got released. Probably three days after the whole in, in, uh, incident that happened on Sunday, he got released. Um, and of course, this didn't come. This came after a, a back and forth between him and the team. Antonio Brown pretty much saying that the team and Bruce Arians. Knew about his his ankle injury getting worse and ligaments and and, and and broken bones and stuff, and they they forced him to play hurt. He told Bruce Arians he didn't want to play. he couldn't play hurt like he couldn't play, and Bruce Arians, you know, pretty much said get the f out and then like do the little slight slit the throat thing. Antonio Brown also went at uh Tom Brady's uh, I guess personal trainer Guerrero, Guerrero Alex Guerrero. Um, <laughs> he accidentally tweeted his routing information, his routing number and bank account on Twitter, which which of course then led to the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians putting out a statement pretty much saying, no, that's not what happened. Antonio Brown was mad because he didn't get enough targets and um, his con, his, his he wanted his incentives to be guaranteed instead of incentive-based and they said no, so he was upset about that. It was just a back and forth. And and of course you expected that. Well, no, no, let me say this. It kind of feels like the the Buccaneers didn't they weren't going to say anything. It feels like the Buccaneers weren't going to say anything because I feel if they were going to say something, they would have said it before Antonio Brown, you know, released the 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 text messages and released the, the the conversation with Alex Guerrero and and had the long uh, <laughs> the long response on social media. I think if that never would have happened, I don't believe the Bucks would have said anything. I believe this because, I mean, at the end of the day, what 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 else can you say as as the Bucks organization? You know, we saw what happened on Sunday. Uh, you're still preparing for week 18, which is the first week 18 in the seat, uh, in the in NFL history. You're preparing for uh, to, uh, defending, you know, you're the defending champs. You're, to, you're preparing for another playoff run. What's what do you gain by continuing to talk about this? Again, we saw what happened on Sunday. Uh, Antonio Brown gets released. I think it took a little longer because, you know, the legal, the legal ramifications and how much do we owe him? How much do we have to pay him? Uh, and like I said before, Antonio, to me, there's it's hard for me to say that he's done because he's still a talent. He's still one of the greatest wide receivers the league has ever seen. And there's always going to be a team. There's always a team that says, "Hey, I understand what happened in 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 with the Raiders. 
I understand what happened with Pittsburgh. I understand what happened with New England. I understand what happened with the Bucks. But this will be the organization that changed him. And we don't need him to be the AB of Pittsburgh. We just need him to be the 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 talented wide receiver that he is still. So that's why it's it's hard for me to to think that this is his this is his last stop. Not to mention the fact that this isn't the worst thing he's ever done. And he's still I mean he <laughs> I'm not gonna go over his, his his extensive history, but this isn't the worst thing that he's done, and he and and he still has gotten shots. So the conclusion that I want to put on this, and I'm not here saying who was right. I'm not here saying you know A B was right about it, it was because you know the 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 tension tra- or the him storming off the field or storming off the sidelines after taking off the the uniform and his shirt and his gloves and toss into the stands he says like i said it's because he was they were forcing him to play hurt and because he said he can't do it they said get the f out he was like you know they threw me out i didn't quit bruce arians and the bucks are saying no it's because he wasn't getting enough targets i'm not here to say who was right and who was wrong I'm not here to say I I believe Antonio Brown. I'm not here to say I believe the Bucks. What I will say is you only go as far as your credibility takes you. And because Antonio Brown has done a lot of things in his career, probably dating back to college, that is very hard for him to to ride on his credibility because his credibility is not the strong is not strong at all honestly because of what has happened in the past and because of what has documented in the past you see it's different if this is a first time offense if this is a first time offense one this probably wouldn't this wouldn't lead my show twice in a row this also wouldn't lead sports center for a week It'd probably be a, maybe a day or two, like, okay, you know. Antonio Brown had a temper tantrum, this, that, and a third. What's going to happen next for Antonio Brown? What's going to happen next for the Bucks? If this was the first time, it to me, I think it would have been over with. Because, like I said, there's a lot of other there's a lot of bigger things on the NFL scope right now, like like week 18, and, and we'll talk about it in a second, but, you know, what what happens between some teams getting in, some teams getting out? The playoff scenarios. That's probably which which of course Sports Center and and ESPN and Fox Sports and all the other networks cover that. But if this was the first time for Antonio Brown doing something like this, then it it it, it just would have been a blimp in my opinion. And I don't think his and I think that there will be a lot more people. That believe well, you know, maybe Antonio Brown is right. We do know how the NFL works. We do know that, of course, uh, the NFL's agenda, I guess you could say, is to put the best product out there, and that, and, and a team's agenda is to be the best team possible. Whether that is, and we know that there's and there's players that have been, you know, played during injury and everything. Uh, and so that that story could be credible. But because Antonio Brown's credibility is so shot, 
you, it's it's a, it's hard for a lot of people to believe his side of the story because we've seen time and time again not only Antonio Brown lie, but Antonio Brown just just <laughs> Antonio Brown go the selfish route or go the 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 route that you just do not take in a situation. Now again, I'm not here to harp on what Antonio Brown has done in the past for other teams. If you we've already talked about it last episode, there was more that I could have said. If you want to really want to go see the timeline of Antonio Brown's on the field and off the field actions, there's there's a wonderful place called Google. Just go do that. I'm not here to pile on. What I will say is this. Again, do I think that this is it for Antonio Brown? No, I do not. Because there's always going to be a team that sees that Antonio Brown was very productive when he was with the Bucks. And he why he wasn't the old Antonio Brown that was Pittsburgh or or the Antonio Brown that the 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 rate the the Vegas Raiders thought they were getting. He is still a productive wide receiver and better than a lot of what and, and 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 would be the best wide receiver on a lot of NFL teams if he were their number one receiver right now. And that is, I mean, think about it. Outside of uh, he'll probably be the number two receiver if he went to Washington because I think that uh, you know Terry McLaurin has played himself to a number one receiver. But outside of that, the Lions, he, Antonio Brown would be the number one receiver. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Antonio Brown would be the number one receiver. We don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley, but as, as it stands today, Antonio Brown would be the number one receiver in Atlanta. And do you think that any of the, you think that, I mean, hell, what, 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 what success have the Lions had in a while? What success have the Atlanta had since the Super Bowl? What success was she even successful since the Super Bowl year, which they lost? What success has the Jacksonville Jaguars had? Hell, now I know that was under Urban Myers, but they brought back Tim Tebow, and the owner didn't say nothing. So, all I'm saying is, man, you know. Personalities and not personalities. Sometimes there are learned traits. And and if you don't address those traits at the start, they're good, they're gonna grow and metastasize. You know, some people are good people because they've made good decisions over the time they made good decisions time and time again, or they may have looked like they were gonna go to a wrong side, but they had someone steering them in the right direction. You see, the reason why I don't think this is the last time for Antonio Brown is because this continues to happen. Now, maybe not as demonstrative, uh, demonstrative as you know, taking off your clothes and throwing them to the stands in the middle of a game, but I mean, he's had temper tensions on the side of the field or on on the you know sidelines in the middle of the game. If you don't believe me, go look at when the Steelers playing the Ravens a couple years ago. And Tony, like a uh, Big Ben, kind of missed him wide open. He threw a freaking, uh, he threw a freaking cooler. He's had off the field issues, and it's like it doesn't, it doesn't really seem like 
he he has I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like he has the best um support group around him. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's around him. I don't know anybody that like that's in his camp. So I'm not I'm not uh I'm not going to uh put that on his camp. But what I will say is it doesn't really seem like every single time, at least this this, you know, this iteration of his career, every single time Antonio Brown has been faced with a decision to make, whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, it kind of seems like he's gone left every time. So Antonio Brown's been released officially from the Raiders. I mean, you know, from the from the Bucks. Um, and I don't know if this is his last time. I, I don't, I, I, if, if I was a GM, I would not bring Antonio Brown, especially if I had a team that was, uh, that had championship aspirations. Now, every team says they have championship aspirations, you know, in the preseason or off season, but you can tell very quickly which teams are good enough to be, uh, have Super Bowl aspirations and what teams are not. Um, so if I had, if my team was, was a, was a team that, you know, had Super Bowl aspirations or if, if I was a GM of a team in general, I wouldn't bring Antonio cause he just doesn't seem like a good locker room person. He doesn't really seem like a good person. Now I'm not here. I'm not here calling, you know, talking about his character. I'm just seeing I'm just looking at what he puts on tape and not just on tape on on the field. I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> IG lives and a litany of off the field issues. So, but like I said, Antonio Brown has been released. Um and we'll we'll see what happens next. So, on 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 a, on a, on lighter news and on a bigger a bigger front, the national championship is here. The national championship will be on Monday. It's the number one Alabama uh, Crimson Tide against the number three Georgia Bulldogs, and it is a SCC national championship. Now, for people that are saying that it's SEC bias, no. I mean, you had a Big Ten team in the Final Four in Michigan, then you had an FBS team in in Cincinnati, like. It's it, come on, and and honestly, both the two teams that were the best all year, that were that were the most consistent all year, will are playing in the national championship, and and, and it makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, Alabama, it's Alabama. You have the best coach in college football history in Nick Saban. You have the Heisman winner in Bryson, Bryson, and Bryce Bryce Young going against Georgia, which has one of historically the best defense has been historically one of the best defenses of this season in NFL history. I mean NFL. In college football history, not saying they have been the best, but they are they have limited nearly all of their opponents to all of their opponents to under 13 points. Now, of course, when Alabama saw them in the SEC Championship, slapped them. And that's that's one that's that to me is a big and a huge talking point as to who I think is going to win the national championship. Two things about the SEC championship. When you get embarrassed on national TV, right, 
and we've seen this a lot, whether it's college football, whether it's college basketball, whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, when you get embarrassed royally on national TV and the Georgia Bulldogs got embarrassed in the, on, in the SEC championship, Alabama did anything, ever, any and everything they wanted. Georgia wanted to make them a running team. Well, they got ran the ball on it. Georgia wanted to make them a passing team. Bryce Young went crazy. When you get embarrassed on national TV, it kind of, and you get an opportunity to see that team again, especially in the short time frame that they've seen, that they haven't seen each other. I think it's been like, what, two, three weeks? Usually the team they got embarrassed comes out a lot hungrier and comes out with a point to prove saying that was an anomaly, we are on your level, or... That was just one game. Let me show you exactly who we are. So, in the Georgia, and if we get to Georgia, that 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 we saw play Michigan in the college football playoffs, if we get that Georgia, uh, it's going to be a long day for Alabama. Does Alabama have the Heisman winner? Yes. But, Georgia's defense is tough. Now, now, I will say this. I will say this. And I've said this I've said this time and time again. Stetson Bennett, I don't know if you can win a national championship with him because he doesn't to me, he he is like a in my opinion, he's kind of like a like a like a Kirk Cousins of the of college football. He can win your games, and he'll put up stats. But when it really matters now, he did have a good season. Don't get me wrong. He, he's had a good season. Um, but when it really matters, can you trust him? Kirk Cousins hasn't really shown the propensity that he can be trusted in big moments because when big moments come, he usually flounders more than he succeeds. But this to me is 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 this is the ideal, and this has been – the, this is the best national championship that that we could have could have gotten, especially this year in college football. I mean, and the four teams that made it to me are the four teams that should have made it: Alabama, Michigan, uh, Georgia, and Cincinnati. A lot of people are upset that Cincinnati made it, but when you go undefeated, like come on now, and they're do- they dominated people. Now I did say that it was it was a great story. Cincinnati was a great story. I mean, you had Travis Kelsey when he was when he was in college, but playing Alabama compared to parent, you know, compared to playing Navy is two different things. And Michigan, it and we'll talk about John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh in a second, but Michigan just it just it's tough when you're going against a better team. So the two teams that are supposed to be in the national championship, which is Alabama and Georgia, are the exact teams that should be there. Alabama's offense. Now, I will say this. The keys to the game. Let's do the keys to the game. And the keys to the game is simple. Georgia's defense against Alabama's quarterback and wide receiver tandem. Alabama has looked mortal. In a lot of games. I mean, if it wasn't for Auburn just just being terrible this year, they could have won the Iron Bowl. Because they can't manage the clock, they lost. 
Hell, Alabama was it? Was it Florida? Alabama was lost to Florida. So there have been times when Alabama has looked quite human, and there's only been one time this entire season where Georgia has looked mortal, and that was against Alabama two or three weeks ago in the SEC championship. <laughs> Georgia's defense, man, they have they have shut down every single person they played outside of Alabama. Again, I think they are holding opponents to under like 13 points a game. That's every opponent. In fact, I think only one opponent has has scored more than 13 or 14 points and I, to my knowledge has been Alabama. So to me, those are the keys. Alabama's defense is going to be Alabama's defense, um, which, by the way, it's not the dominant defense that we've seen in you know recent years, or or you know the dominant defense that usually Nick Saban has. It's this isn't it. This is the year, at least defensively, that you can get Alabama. It's just when you look on the offensive side, and those wide receivers that they have, and and Bryce Young. That's and Bryce Young is definitely more than likely the best quarterback Nick Saban has ever had. Then you get then you get iffy. So who am I picking? Who am I picking in the national championship? And this is you know I know that history doesn't doesn't really bold. I mean doesn't really have any bearings in this in, in, in games like this, but. I have, I can I can I can use I can go two sides of the coin when we talk about history. I can go history as far as two three weeks ago, which Alabama just destroyed uh, Georgia, and it's hard. I think like out of the five or six times a team has beaten a team and then played them again in the national championship, every single time they've lost. I believe maybe once. Or, or twice they've won, but almost every single time, the team that has won the first matchup loses the second. Almost every single time. So, of course, if we go about that thinking and that merit, then Georgia, it just happened in the bag. But again, I, I look at Georgia. I look at Georgia sports, whether it's the Atlanta Hawks, uh, making it all the way to what, the Eastern Conference Finals, thinking smacked by uh the bucks or georgia bulldogs and their multiple blunders over the years i mean we remember when the migos were on the sidelines and they got smacked or about the land of falcons i mean we'll never forget the 28 to 3 score at halftime and the fact that Atlanta has not Atlanta Falcons haven't been good since. But the 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 stat I am going to to bold uh, or the stat to me that is 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 holding a lot of weight. Two stats is of course the 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 stat about the rematch as far as the team that usually wins the first does not win the second, and the fact that Georgia's defense has been dominant. Now, it's hard for me to pick against Alabama because we know the history Alabama has. We know, you know, Nick Saban is a mentor of Kirby Smart, who, of course, for people that don't know, is the is the head coach of uh, Georgia. 
we know that Georgia Georgia's quarterback is not better than Alabama's quarterback because Alabama's quarterback just won a Heisman. But again, Georgia's defense I, to me you're 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 destined for a bad game. Now, it's unfortunate that the bad game comes against Alabama in the SEC championship, but you're destined for a bad game. And like I said, once you get embarrassed on national TV, it's pretty much what you do after and if you ever get a chance to see them again. And since Georgia lost the SEC championship, they look like the Georgia that we've seen all year against Michigan. They they look like the Georgia that many people thought had nobody – Nobody had a shot to go to to beat this year. No one. That's the Georgia. That's the Georgia that we saw in the what was it the 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 Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl or something against Michigan. So I'm gonna go with Georgia. I just think I think if you can if you can if you can force Bryce Young to get uncomfortable. And you can really put pressure on these wide receivers that are probably one of the fastest wide receivers that Nick Saban has had. I mean, I can't even say that because Nick Saban has had Judy. Nick Saban has had Julio Jones. Nick Saban has had some incredible wide receivers. Hell, Amari Cooper. But these are these are some these are some quick quick wide receivers. But if if Georgia can put pressure on on Bryce Young, which she can, because Alabama's offensive line isn't the greatest. If you can put pressure on Bryce Young and you can, you can, you can cover up better than you did against in the SEC championship. You can cover their wide receivers. I have Georgia winning. I think because you're not going to need uh, Stetson Bennett to to save you, which he hasn't had to. This the one game he had to was the SEC championship, which it didn't work because that was the one game where Georgia's defense just 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 fell apart. So I think I got Georgia. I have Georgia. Again, it's hard to beat it, especially when you embarrass them on national TV and embarrass them in a big game, which was the SEC championship. And Georgia just had this has this um, this aura this year that they just they you can kind of see during the 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 when they played Michigan that they were just looking past Michigan. And I'm not saying like they played bad. Like you can tell they were on a mission. Like, hold on, we just lost uh, our first game of the year. We also lost the work. You know, that was the worst loss that we experienced this year. Seeing as though it was the only loss we experienced this year, we want to get. If there's a chance that we can get back to, if we can get to the national championship and we can see Alabama again, that is what we want. And you can. Once they found out that Alabama was was going to be in the national championship, oh, it was they just they put their blinders on and let's let's get it. So I have Georgia, I have Georgia winning this. I have Georgia winning it, and I think it's going to be a great national championship. I mean, I just hope it's not the what was that? What was the BCS championship we got? Uh, it was Notre Dame and like Alabama and, and Alabama being like forty nine to zero or something. I hope it ain't that. But uh, I just think it's going to be a good game. I think two very hungry teams. I'm excited. I'm excited, and I have it's it, everything. Every metric outside of, of course, what Vegas thinks, because Vegas has uh, Georgia as like a, 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 a you know as the favorites. But every metric 
I'm going against. I'm going against the quarterback who has the better quarterback, which is Alabama, who has the better running game right now is Alabama, who has the better quarterback. I mean, no, a uh, coach. That's Alabama. Who has a school record? That's Alabama. Who has the, the 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 championship moxie? That's Alabama. I'm going against all that <laughs> because I saw Alabama dog walk Georgia just three weeks ago, and uh, I don't. With pride, man, you have to have pride. Like you can't let that happen again, and I don't think it will happen again. So I have Georgia winning the national championship. So we just—I mean, in college we have the national championship. In the NFL, we have the first Week 18 in NFL history, and uh, there's there's a lot of big game. Well, not a lot. There's a couple big games. There's still, especially when you look at the AFC side, there's a lot of teams that aren't really. You know, that that aren't even having clinched yet that need this week. There are some teams like Ravens that not only need a win but need help, even though the reports come out that Tyler Huntley will be starting again, which Tyler Huntley is not Lamar Jackson. Lamar let's let's get that out the way. But he had he did almost beat he's every every game he's played, he's looked good. Uh doesn't say he's won, but every game he's played he's looked good. I think he's like he won one game, but hey, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, we don't need to, there's, so week 18 is different for different teams. Like you have some teams when to get in, you have some teams that need a win and, and need a bunch of pieces to fall to get in. Then you have teams that are definitely resting a lot of people. Like I don't see Green Bay playing a lot of people. I mean, they pretty much locked up the number one seed. In fact, in the NFC is the two seed that two seed and down that isn't really, uh, concrete yet but the one c is cool so you don't really need um i think i think if the mvp race was closer to me aaron Rodgers uh it has walked away with the mvp at this point uh which will be his fourth mvp but i think if it was closer you'd see aaron Rodgers win uh but or you see aaron Rodgers play but because to me it's not close i don't i don't foresee aaron Rodgers playing i don't foresee a lot of the green bay packers playing um Cowboys, you have a lot. You have what Tyron Smith and you have um, Minka Parsons on COVID. Uh, that's going to be big, especially against the Eagles team. And the Eagles, I mean, they've clinched the playoffs, so they're not. I mean, but the Cowboys do have a lot to play for, since though they're trying to get to the second seed. Uh, but usually, I would do my predictions. We don't need to do that. I mean, because it's hard to do predictions when you don't know who's playing and who's not playing. I mean, again, some teams need this more than others, of course, so they're going to play a lot more desperately. Some teams don't need this at all. So not like I, like the Packers, again, like you're, you're playing the Lions and you're the number one seed. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I will say this, though. Um, this is a big week 18, especially for four teams. Now, this isn't the four teams that pretty much have or their, their playoff hopes is in their hands. It's pretty much four teams. The Chargers, the the Vegas Raiders, the New Orleans Saints, and the San Francisco 49ers. And that and they all just so happen to play each other. The Chargers and Raiders, the Saints and the 49ers. Pretty much whoever wins these games, like whoever wins against the Chargers and Raiders makes into the playoffs. Whoever wins against the New Orleans Saints and 49ers make it to the playoffs. Now, I think the 49ers can lose, but then they need a trickle-down effect of a lot of people. Like They need the Colts to lose, and the Colts play 
the Colts needed this this win first, and they play the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you can there's a lot of people playing. Um, so I don't see I don't foresee the Jaguars winning this game. So it's pretty much winning it in for these four teams. And let's talk about the Chargers and Raiders first. First and foremost, shouts just shouts out to the Raiders. I I know it's it's not even the Raiders have gone through hell and back this year, man. Whether it was the the well, I mean, we don't need to just to talk to discuss the the whole John Gruden thing. That 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 in and of itself is is a big. You know what it is? It's it's it's. Shouts out to Derek Carr. Because a lot of people come want to are quick to to throw dirt on Derek Carr's name. Because a lot of the time, a lot of people hold records to, to players. Now, I understand it's the quarterback position. And it's like, well, the Raiders haven't done this, 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 and this. But they leave out the record that Derek Carr has like 28 uh, game-winning drives. So, shouts out to Derek Carr. To overcome a coach, the, the whole debacle with uh, John Gruden. The whole debacle that we saw with Henry Ruggs and uh, I think a, a defensive player putting up guns on on IG Live. So two people getting cut. Herrick, Herrick, uh, you know, we know that the car accident, the DUI car accident with Henry Ruggs, he's done. To having his best wide receiver or his most consistent wide receiver the entire year has been Hunter Renfro. Did I say it's his best? No. That's probably that ain't no probably. That is his tight end Darren Waller, who even at this moment is still injured. Derek Carr to with no well, Josh Jacobs is cool, but he's been inconsistent and he's been out. He was out majority of the or a lot of the, the beginning of the year. So he's Derek Carr has dealt with inconsistency this entire season. So them not even them not even being in playoff contentions is understandable. But no, they are one win away from being in the playoffs. So shouts out to the Raiders. Shouts out to Derek Carr. Shouts out to Crosby, the defensive, uh, defensive line, or the linebacker. Shouts out to this team because this team is a lot better than I or I've given them credit for. Then we have the Chargers, a team that probably is looking on the other side of the spectrum with this. Why the hell are they? in a win-or-go-home situation in Week 18. When you have a young, dynamic quarterback in uh, Justin Herbert, when you have uh, a good running game in Austin, great running game in Austin Eckler, when you have great wide receivers like Mike Williams, like Keenan Allen, when you have a, at least at times, reliable tight end in Jared Cook, this team should not be in a win and go home situation. Now, I will say that they have dealt with a litany of injuries and COVID, you know, situations this entire year. So I understand somewhat, but they've lost games that they should have won. And they've lost games badly that they should have won. So while, you know, you can you can praise the Raiders for being here, you can also look at the Chargers and like, ah, why are you here? So with this game, it's like what what do you what happens? You know, you have 
to well, you have an expl uh, an offense that can be explosive. Let me say this: you have an offense that can be explosive. I'm not going to automatically say they're explosive, and that's the Chargers because we've seen duds. We've seen games where they can't score, even with the the incredible quarterback play and the wide receiver play that they have. We've seen games where they just couldn't score, i.e., the Chargers and and the Ravens game. But I will say this. When the Chargers are on, they are on. When the, the Chargers the Chargers kind of remind me of the Kansas City Chiefs in the sense of when the Chiefs are on, it's it's pretty much lights out. And the same thing when when the Chargers are on. When that when Justin Herbert's humming, when that running game is humming, when the when the when the receivers are all humming, it's it's pretty much a wrap. But with the Raiders, I mean <sighs> You have Max Crosby. You, 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 Derek Carr has done things that I didn't think was possible this year, especially with this team. So, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I think while the Chargers have been so inconsistent this year, at their best, I'm looking at both of these teams at their best. At the best, at their best, the Chargers are drastically better, at least this year, than the Raiders have been this year. The char- Justin Herbert has been better than Derek Carr. Not saying Derek Carr is trash, but Der- Justin Herbert has been better at Derek Carr at their best this year. I mean, I saw Justin Herbert go in and just d- destroy the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, granted, that their defense has improved since then, but even still, I have I got the Chargers winning this game. I have the Chargers winning. Um, I, I just think that again, I'm uh, this is a win or go home. Just like the playoffs always is, but if you lose this game, you don't make it in the playoffs. Both of them, I think, are nine and seven, so it's like or nine and eight or something like that. So, uh, I have the Chargers winning. I have San Francisco. I just think San Francisco is the better roster at this point. Now, I also think that because, well, no, the better roster is New Orleans, uh, especially when we talk. We talk about to- the totality of the roster, but as of, you know, the the the, the player that will be playing, uh, the players that will be playing on you know these, in these games, I, I I'm gonna go with the San Francisco. But you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm I'm gonna give my prediction. I'm gonna give a quick prediction for every single one. I just I just don't feel right if I don't give my predictions. Um, and this is also the first the first week that we have what um we have double headers. We have a Saturday double header. So um we have the Kansas City Chiefs at Broncos. I don't think I don't think a lot of Kansas City Chiefs players will be playing. Um. But I think Kansas City Chief is trying. They are trying to get the number one spot, so I, I think the big names will be playing, just not all of them. Uh, so I have Kansas City Chiefs beating the Broncos. Hell, I don't even know who is the Broncos quarterback. Drew Locke. Yeah, I have Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Cowboys at Eagles. <sighs> I, this game has been a lot harder because I've kind of underestimated. I've under, kind of I've underestimated the Eagles this entire year, and the Eagles. But you know, no, because the Eagles have a lot of players on injured reserve. I mean, no, they have a lot of players on the COVID list. I have, I have Cowboys, even though Cowboys, you know, Minka Parsons will be playing, Tyron Smith won't be playing. 
the Eagles, they just got decimated this this week with COVID, and they have played like Miles Sanders is going to be out uh, due to injury. So I have the Cowboys winning that. Green Bay at Lions, it don't matter who the quarterback is. It can be Bryce Love. Uh, <laughs> I got the Packers winning that one. The Colts at Jaguars, the Colts need this game. Uh, they, they need this badly. Um, I got the Colts. Washington at Giants. I got Washington, but, I mean, neither team is playing for anything. Uh, I just think Washington's a better team than the Giants. Bears at Vikings. Vikings secretly need this game because they're kind of still – no, they're not. They're out. Uh, I have the Vikings winning this game because I think Andy Dalton's starting this game too. Uh, Tennessee at Texans. I have t- Or Tennessee at – yeah, Texans. I have Tennessee. And shot, uh, the reports come out and Derrick Henry has reported to practice. I don't think – I'm almost sure Derrick Henry won't play this game. What they're trying to do, I believe, is trying to rev him up for the playoffs. Um, which is also remarkable. Him and Cameron Akers. The fact that he broke his foot and had surgery and came back in the same season. And Cameron Akers tore his ACL and come back the same season. Like, that's it's crazy. That's medical miracles right there. But I have the Titans beating Tennessee. Steelers at Ravens. Uh, I will say, I think the Ravens because... Uh, Justin Houston is trying to play for, you know, like $2 million. And not only does he need like two sacks, but the defense needs to play like I think his his incentives are kind of like team like defensive side based, uh, like the like the entire team based like they have to be better. So I think that the team is going to play hard for him, not to mention the fact that, I mean, yeah, they beat the I, I mean, it's a rivalry. And you have Tyler Huntley. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Um, and actually, even though they they both need this game too, the Steelers and Ravens. Now the Ravens need to win, and like every team in the league needs to lose. But there's still a chance for both teams. Uh, Bengals at Browns. I have the Browns because I don't think Joe Burrow's playing. Uh, for the Bengals because I mean they already locked up the playoff spot, and the Browns have uh been. Eliminated from the playoffs, so I have the Bengals. Oh, not to actually, mm, who's quarterback for the because what's his name not playing? Either? I have the Bengals. Um, 49ers at Rams again. The 49ers need this game. Oh, that I just said the 49ers are, or the 49ers are playing the down. <laughs> the 49ers need this game, uh, but I have the Rams because I think the Rams are one, the Rams are a better team, and uh. They, they, they're trying to get to the two spots, so they're playing for something as well. Even though the 49ers have beat them like five straight, I have the Rams being the – I really said the 49ers were playing the, the Saints. Mm, mm, mm. I meant that they, they both are playing. They both need to win. But, yeah. Uh, the Panthers at Bucks. I have the Bucks. Um, Seattle at Cardinals. I have the Cardinals. Again, the, tri- the Cardinals are still trying to get to the second overall seed. Uh, Patriots at Dolphins. I have the Patriots. The Dolphins – just, I don't know. Uh, Saints at Falcons. I have the Saints, even though it's a divisional game. The Saints are, especially defensively, is better than the Falcons. Jets at Bills. Bills. And like I said, Chargers at Raiders. I have the Chargers. So those are my week 18 predictions. I really said that the 49ers were playing the Saints. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I apologize. I, I misspoke. I meant that they're both playing for something. I really had their matchups. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So 
Speaking of, so we talked about the college football playoffs and we talked about NFL and um, we also talked about Michigan. We talked about Michigan as they, as they lost uh, to Georgia in the playoffs or in the semifinals. And there's been, since Michigan lost, there has been a litany of uh, rumors swirling that Jim Harbaugh could go back to the NFL. Now, one thing is, is it's undisputed. And that is, this has been this, this, this year has been Jim Harbaugh's best season with uh, Michigan. Uh, They finally beat Ohio state. I think the first time he's done that. In fact, I know the first time he's done that and they made it, they, they won the big 10 championship and they, they made it to, you know, college football playoffs. So this has been the best year as far as winning wise that John Har Jim Harbaugh has 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 had in uh Jim Harbaugh has had in in college football. So of course the the rumors are swirl. I mean, he is a Super Bowl attending coach cuz he, he he made the Super Bowl with the 49ers. I will say this. There's something to be said when you're a Michigan. And, um, well, first and foremost, I, I think whatever he wants to do is his decision, clearly. I mean, he ain't even listening to this. So whatever he decides to do is whatever he decides to do. So I'm not, you know. But, I'll, I'll, you know what, I'm going to give the, the, the reason why he should go, or the reason, the biggest reason why he should go back to college, or go back to college, and the reason why he should go back to NFL. Let's start with the, let's start with the NFL side. Michigan is one of those teams, one of those schools that have a unrealistic, unrealistic, uh, expectation for their team and that's just that's not just football well that's just pretty much i'm not gonna say that's that's michigan because michigan plays in the the big 10 and 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 a a huge school really big school really decorated school uh back in the day a lot of people think that a lot of people a lot of michigan fans michigan alumni or alum uh, Michigan students, college football predictors, college football analysts—they put Michigan at a at a an, on a pedestal that they shouldn't be. Not because they're not a good school, but because they compare them to teams that they shouldn't be compared to. Like if you look at recruiting, you look at how many five-star talents you have. You look at uh, the history, at least recent history. There should be no reason why Michigan should be compared to Ohio State. But year after year, because of the rivalry that they have, uh, that really is rooted back in the day. Because honestly, outside of this year, it's been hell lopsided. Jim Harbaugh gets fairly, gets unfairly criticized because his lack of success against not only Michigan State, but Ohio State. And actually, big uh, AP AP top ten teams. Uh, 
But and I say unfairly criticized because of course, yes, you want to win these games. And you hope that the coach that you hire uh for your program is good enough and recruits uh well enough to win these games. But when you look, look at their recruiting classes, man. Like I can I'm sure Jim Harbaugh looked across when he saw Georgia in this in the college football semifinals and said, mm, mm, mm. Must be nice. Must be nice. Mm. All them five star athletes. If you think that Michigan of course recruiting wise, if you think Michigan is in the same class as Georgia as far as recruiting, if you think Michigan is in the same class as Ohio State as far as recruiting, then you 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 are smoking something. Now I will say Michigan's recruiting has improved over the years, especially with the success that Jim Harbaugh has seen in Michigan. It has improved. It has it has improved greatly since it it, it was before uh, Jim Harbaugh. But it's still not on the same level as an Ohio State. It's still not on the same level as I mean, think about that. Think about the quarterbacks that he's had to go against, Jim Harbaugh. Most of them, not all, but most of them made it to the NFL. How many quarterbacks have made it to the NFL that Jim Harbaugh? Now, I understand that Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback whisperer because he found success with Jim, with uh, Colin Kaepernick and everything. But college football is different. So the fact that Jim Harbaugh gets unfairly criticized, even though he wins 10-plus games a year, I understand you ain't trying to deal with that. I, I understand you not wanting to deal with that, man. Like, why would why would you want to deal with Why would you want to deal with that? Why would you want to deal with people calling for your job every single time you lose to a Michigan State or, or Ohio State, yet and still you won yet another season where you win 10 or 11 games? But then you look over and you know this. You know, and and people honestly should know that you do not have the same recruiting class as a Ohio State, which ranks top two or three in the nation every single year in recruiting. They still expect you to win. And every single time you lose, they call for your job. But then yet when you win, oh no, we don't want we don't want Harbaugh to lo- to leave. Not to mention, we said this before. It's tough being a college football coach, man. You got to recruit year after year. After, it's a it's a year round thing. Like for the NFL, you can lose, um, and of course you you have beaten and stuff. But you can actually take a break in the NFL, like as far as like when the season's over. Because I mean, yeah, you, you'll you'll have free agency and stuff, but you ain't got to go to a eighteen. 17-year-old's house and try to persuade him to go to a school after 150 other schools are pursuing him. Like you your you, your your reputation isn't hanging on the uh, on the balance or isn't hanging in the balance from a you know with a with a 18-year-old. So I understand if, you know, that would be you ain't trying to deal with that. You ain't trying to deal with 
recruiting and kids. Uh, even though you know he he's he's done a fine job. Yeah, J- Jim Harbaugh has done a great job. Now, yeah, he his record against AP top ten is not you know the best outside of this year, but he's done a great job. But uh. I wouldn't understand if you didn't, if you, if you wanted to. I ain't trying to deal with this no more, bro. Y'all calling for my job because a team that is, we're not, honestly, if you want to, if you want to keep it real, it's not in the same class as Ohio State keeps beating us, you know. You keep doing what they're supposed to do because, you know, they just have a better team, especially when we talk about recruiting and five-star athletes. But every single, even though I win 11-plus games, y'all keep calling for my job. Yeah, man, I wouldn't want to deal with that either. So I understand if you would want to go back to the NFL. But I also understand why you would want to go back to Michigan. Again, this has been the best year that Michigan has had under Harbaugh. You finally beat Ohio State. Now, you did lose to Michigan State, but you beat Ohio State. You made it to the college football semifinals where nobody had y'all going. Jim Harbaugh is from, like, he went to Michigan. And it seems like, I mean, I think he even said his family settled. So I I understand both sides, you know. And, and again, people want to call for Jim Harbaugh's job, but Jim Harbaugh has been, has been done a really good job with, with Michigan. If you, if you talk to people that are more realistic, it's like, yeah, well, he, he beat, you know, while he doesn't always beat Alabama, I mean, no, doesn't always beat uh, Ohio State, he beats damn near everybody else. So, um, you know, I think I, Jim Marble will do what the hell he want to do. But I understand completely why, you know, both sides of the spectrum, why you'd want to leave, why you want to go. So. I understand, and I guess we'd have to wait to see for him to make a decision about what he wants to do. So, I think money's going to play a factor too. Uh, I, I'm almost sure money's going to play a factor because uh, I mean, if if uh, I don't know, I, the Jacksonville Jaguars throw the bank at at Jim Harbaugh, he might think twice about you know Jacksonville Heat or Michigan Cold, you know, or if if a team like I don't know the Raiders. Throw him a bag, you know. I don't, I don't know. He might think about it. He might think about it. I don't know, but we'll we'll have to see. So, oh man, I'm excited. Let's move over to a little bit of basketball, man. I'm excited, man. Clay Thompson set to return tomorrow. You know, Clay Thompson. You know, the last time we've seen Clay Thompson play an NBA game, June thirteenth, two thousand and nine. Think about that. We've dealt. We're pretty. We've. The pandemic didn't even start then. Clay Thompson, I think there's been roughly like 941, 42 days. Two years, six months. Clay Thompson, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a, I'm excited to see. I always want to see somebody beat the odds. Oh, I mean, I just, I, I like feel good stories, man, and the fact that. He had two major ACL meniscus injuries. I want to see him beat. Now, 
it you know it's different for like a Derrick Rose because his his Derrick Rose athleticism carried him. Not saying that Derrick Rose hasn't been good and hasn't had a good career, uh, and he hasn't beat the odds because he for sure has beat the odds. And I love watching Derrick Rose play, especially when I know what he's went through as far as his injury history and rehab and stuff. But 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 Clay Thompson he gets his. He gets his calling card for shooting threes, of course. To me, you know, when healthy, the the best, the second best three point shooter in the league, and of course, defense. He is the ultimate three and D player, the best three and D player by far in the league, when healthy, before the injuries. Now, of course, I have to say that because we haven't seen him in two plus years. So I definitely, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. And this is going to do wonders. Now, if he comes back in any resemblance to the old Clay Thompson, this is going to do wonders for the Warriors. Not only not not just for Steph, because it definitely is going to help Steph. You know, Golden State right now doesn't have a reliable second three-point shooter. Now, they have, you know, Andrew Wiggins can hit a three. Jordan Poole can hit a three. But they don't have somebody that is – more times not more times than not when Steph Curry shoots, you think it's going in. Now he has struggled the last few games and he was out the other day with a quad injury. Uh he's struggled mildly these last what two games he's played. So I mean, I think it's a cold slump. I mean every everybody has it, but uh when Steph Curry usually shoots the ball, you think he's going. I mean, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter ever. You don't really feel that way for anybody else. When Andrew Wiggins shoots the ball, it's like, oh, we made it. Cool. When Otto Porter shoots the ball, it's like, oh, we made it. And Jordan Poole, wow, Jordan Poole is going crazy, but okay, he made it. Clay Thompson, when he shoots the ball, it's like, oh, he, 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 damn, he probably made that. Because Clay Thompson don't take no bad threes. He doesn't take, he never really took bad threes. And Clay Thompson, in my opinion, is the second best three point shooter in NBA history. While he doesn't have the record as far as, you know, 2000 plus shots his consistency the 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 for, the uh rotation of the ball the the mechanics that he used he, to me he's the second best and this is this is going to this is going to do wonders for golden state man now you know you can slide jordan Poole back to the two i mean he's kind of played that role for the last few uh you know last few weeks you know, trying to you know get his they which which is brilliant from from Steve Kerr. So you insert Gary Payton the second in your starting lineup because you want Jordan Poole to get acclimated with this with the second team again. Because uh, when Clay start when Clay comes back he's starting. There's no there's no like to bring him off the bench. No Clay Tar Clay Thompson starting, and and that's I think if you get the Jordan Poole that we've we've continued to see this most of this year. Uh, plus, uh, let's say seventy-five percent, Clay Thompson. When I say seventy-five, I mean seventy-five from what Clay used to be. This team, in my opinion, it's it's hard for me to see anybody beating this team as far as four games. Uh, and and I'm excited, man. I'm excited, and I'm I'm excited to see Clay Thompson. Even if Clay Thompson doesn't look good, right? Even if Clay Thompson doesn't get back to where he was, which is gonna to me is when you when you have those major injuries and haven't played for almost 950 days, I, I understand you're not you may possibly never look like what you look like, and I get that. 
But I just want to see someone that, I mean, hell, after the first injury, Clay Thompson could have been out, especially after all the rehab and then you injured again. It's tough, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited, and I'm 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 not excited. I'm more excited of the fact that he's overcoming something. You know, I, I I like seeing players overcome, and I'm excited to watch it, man. I'm excited to watch Clay Thompson get back on the floor. I know Warriors fans are. I I, I know the Warrior team is because that he he's gonna definitely take a lot off of uh, Steph Curry's shoulders if he looks like the Clay of old or anywhere close to the Clay of old. Um, I'm excited, man. So shout out to Clay, man. Shouts out to Clay. And on the on the other end of the spectrum, yo, what? Let's let's have a serious conversation about the Boston Celtics. So the trade deadline is coming up, and one team that a lot of people don't talk about, as far as you know, in the trade deadline pool, but needs to be hella aggressive in the trade deadline, is the Boston Celtics. What the? Yo, I don't know how many. What's wrong with the Boston Celtics, man? There, I've seen multiple times where Boston has been up more than twenty points, or more than fifteen points, and and the team roar, roars back and loses. I mean, the team comes back and and beats the Celtics. Uh. They say it's a leadership thing, which 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 it could be. I mean, if you look at their roster, who who's the leader of this team? Um, Marcus Smart, which, and I'll say this every single time I see his name, every single time somebody says his name, I do not, for the life of me, understand why Marcus Smart has the green light from shooting three. I don't understand it. I will never understand it. It's not for me to understand, I guess, but why in God's name does Marcus Smart have the green light in shooting threes when he knows, and I know, he can't shoot. He can't shoot. But, I mean, this team, I mean, okay, so you have a team that's built around two guards or forwards, which is uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both phenomenal players. Jalen Brown is averaging 24 points a game. Jason Tatum is averaging 26 points a game. But outside of that, I mean, you have Ennis Cantor Freedom. You have Al Horford, who's come back. Uh, Jabari Parker, Peyton Pritchard, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Grant. Like, this team is not that good. This team could be. It's like you have a lot of players that. You don't really you only ha- you don't really have any all around players. I think and when I say all around, you don't really have a pl- like to me this roster just doesn't cl- doesn't click to me. Like Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown's great, but and we've said this before, we don't know if you can play a team, you can have a team that has Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as your stars. Because they both played pretty much the same position, the same exact way. And you don't have good... So this team is not built around them. Like, you don't have... Al Horford, Dennis Schroeder, you, this team's not really built around them. So, this team is, is not built well. This team has two players that play exact the exact same way in aren't really, I mean, aren't really good without the ball. Like, Jason Tatum's not not good with the ball. I mean, without the ball. Neither is Jalen Brown. They both do not have a, 
sense of urgency on the defensive side of the ball. They both really don't. I'm not gonna say they don't care about defense, but they don't really take a take a caring to defense on that side of the ball. I mean, on on the defense side of the ball, like Jabari Parker, he he's famous for saying, "You get paid, you pay me to get buckets, not to play defense." Like their best defender on this team is Marcus Smart. Outside of that, Robert Williams, he's, he's straight, but he's an he's an undersized big. So is so is uh, uh, Bruno Fernando and Al Horford. Al Horford's six nine. I just, oh, and God, you got Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor's their tallest player? Yeah. Yeah, this seems not good, man. And I think it's unfortunate because, I mean, you have a black coach. uh, And when you have a team that's led by, that has Jason Tatum, who's who's, who's incredible? Who's incredible? I know he's he's still early in his career, but he's, he's an incredible player. I mean, he's averaging 26, 9, and 4. And Jason Jalen Brown is averaging 24, 6, and 3. But they both pretty much play the same position, play the same exact way. They both flourish on getting buckets. And when one person's getting buckets, it's, it's like, you know how on the Bulls, right, when you hear uh, – like the most, the, the highest scoring backcourt and and stuff. Like when 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 you've had multiple games where Zach Levine and Demar Derozan have gone off at the same time. We've had multiple, before the injury. We've had multiple games when Steph Curry and Clay Thompson have both gone off. We've had multiple games where KD or James Harden's gone off, or KD and Clay. I mean, or a uh, Kyrie or Kyrie or James Harden's both gone off. We've had games where LeBron James and Anthony Davis have gone off. You haven't really had too many games where both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have both went off. We maybe have one or two, but we don't have too many like that. Now, a lot of people say when you trade a player, it's like a a negative connotation. Like, oh, you traded him. He's garbage. No, sometimes it just don't fit. It would fit better somewhere else, and I think I wouldn't trade Jason Tatum. But I think that one of they definitely need to make some moves because the iteration that this team is in now is not going to work. As far as moving forward, I don't see them. I mean, they could win a playoff series, like if they went against the Knicks or something. Even though the Knicks came back from twenty something down, and and R.J. Barrett hit the game winner, but I don't see them. Maybe, maybe Atlanta. They can beat Atlanta, but I don't, I don't, I don't see them making no noise as far as the top teams. Um, so, yeah, man, they got to blow this up. So, and lastly, before we go, uh, Dallas retired. Shouts out to Dirt Nowinski. Dallas uh, retired his jersey the other day. Um, Dirt Nowinski is one of the greatest internet one of the greatest basketball players the league has ever seen and shouts out to Kendrick Perkins I'm gonna kind of take what he did um he did a top five international players ever and I'm gonna do that because there have been some great international players uh you know we've had Tony Parker we've had Sabonis we've had um Mark Gasol we've we've had Manu Ginobili there have been real there have the league has been blessed with great foreign players uh 
But I'm going to give my top five. Um, now, that doesn't mean if you don't land on the top five, you're my top five. I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's my top five. But let me start with number five. And number five, I have Pau Gasol. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people were like, wait, what about Tony Parker? What about Manu? What about Demonis Sabonis? Again, there's been some Yao Ming. There's been some great international players, but I think Yao Pau Gasol's greatness was overshadowed by Kobe, but not in a bad way. Like Kobe didn't over like Kobe didn't trash Pau or nothing. But I think I'll say this. Pau Gasol's greatness was overshadowed by Kobe, but Kobe would not be as great as he was and as successful as he was, especially after Shaq, if it was not for Pau Gasol. And Kobe said that, uh, rest in peace to Kobe. But Pau Gasol is, is, Pau Gasol, man. Pau Gasol was good in Memphis, and he was absolutely phenomenal uh, with the with the Lakers. Coming up big, and especially the, the, the championship uh championship series against um Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic against uh the Boston Celtics. It Pau Gasol was that dude, man. Hell, Pau Gasol, even though he wasn't the same Pau Gasol for the Lakers, but Pau Gasol was good for the Chicago Bulls. Hell, remember when it could have been Derrick Rose, Pau Gasol, and Carmelo Anthony with like Carlos Boozer and them? Like, come on now. And this was before Carlos Boozer was was <laughs> was not good. So I have Pau Gasol at number five. Pau Gasol to me, he's he's a very underrated. When we talk about great international players, you don't really hear Pau Gasol's name a lot, uh, or Mark Gasol at that. But you don't really hear Pau Gasol's name. But I think Pau Gasol honestly is one of the best players that we've ever seen. Um, so I have Pau Gasol at number five. Number four, I have Steve Nash. Canadian Steve Nash, two MVPs. Uh, I think won a championship with the Lakers. Um, won a championship somewhere, didn't he? He didn't win a championship. Steve Nash. I mean, Steve Nash. Steve Nash is one of the best point guards we've ever seen. A lot of people, you know, when we talk about top ten or top five point guards, of course, Steve Nash might uh, name might get thrown in there. You know, Chris Paul might might get thrown in there. Jason Kidd. Steve Nash was cold. Steve Nash was cold for Dallas, and he was cold for um, the Suns. Man, it, Steve Nash is tough, and and yeah, man, Steve Nash is tough. Steve Nash, bro. Hell, if it wasn't for a hip check, if it wasn't for a hip check, Steve Nash might want to have a championship. If it wasn't for a hip check against the Spurs, Steve Nash might have a championship, and and Amari Stoudemire getting suspended. Steve Nash is tough, so I have Steve Nash at number four. Uh, number three, I have Giannis. Giannis. I mean, you look at his young career and all these accomplishments. He's already won his championship. He's already won an MVP or two MVPs. He's already already won a Finals MVP. He's already won a Defensive Player of the Year. He's already won an Offense All Star Game MVP. Giannis is just that dude. Giannis, I think he won Most Improved. Like Giannis, when it's all said and done, Giannis might be one of the most decorated players out. I don't know how many championships he'll win anymore, but He'll be one of the most decorated players we've ever seen. And he is one of the most unstoppable players, especially when he has a full head of steam going going north or south. He's 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 a blur. Um and he's he's I mean, we I mean he had a 
50-point game closeout in the NBA Finals last year. Giannis is tough, man. And and I know it's still early in his career, but even early in his career, Giannis is, I think it's like, what, year uh, eight or nine? Giannis is tough. So I have Giannis in number three. Number two, I have Dirk Nowinski. Dirk Nowinski is one of the greatest shooters the league has ever seen. And, of course, he made the famous one-legged fadeaway that has now been, you know, donned and by uh, Kevin Durant does it. Um Joel Embiid does it, which is another foreign player that could land on this list uh, soon. Dirk Nowinski revolutionized the game as far as big shooting big men. Um, when we talk about the 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 evolution of big men, of course you look at there's there's only one Shaq. There's never going to be a Shaq again. But you look at like like a Kevin Garnett, you look at it like a Mari Stoudemire, you look at uh, uh, Dirk Nowinski. Though they've kind of shaped how how we look at big men today. And Dirk to me is the best out of all all three of them. And it's fitting that he had his number retired the other day because he. I mean, Dirk 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 is is one of the reasons why international basketball is so big. Um, and, and getting players internationally is so huge. In fact, it's already been on record that, you know, and he said it, that Luka Doncic would not be Luka if it wasn't for Duke, Dirk. So I have Dirk in number two, man. He He's re- he's one of the greatest shooters ever. He's one of the greatest big men ever. And he's revolutionized the game of basketball as far as shooting big men and, and, and international play. So at number one, I have Akeem Olajuwon. A lot of people don't put him in. A lot of people, like, when we talk about some of the greatest big men, Akeem Olajuwon's name very rarely gets mentioned, which is unfortunate to me. Because, I mean, we know what he did with the Rockets, those two. He won won two championships. And Akeem Olajuwon, the dream shake, he's one of the best offensive bigs we've ever seen. let Let me disrespect that, man. He's one of the best bigs we've ever seen of all time. When we talk about top five, you know, a lot of people throw in Shaq, a lot of people throw in Wilt, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, Kareem. And then at the, I, to me, my top five, I have Akeem Olajuwon in my top five as far as bigs of all time. That's how good Akeem Olajuwon was. And a lot of people overshadow him because the era that he was in. Of course, you had Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, you had Shaq when he was with Orlando. Um, but I. I have I have Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, you have Magic, too. I forgot about that. And Larry Bird. Like, I have Akeem Olajuwon. Akeem Olajuwon is the number one uh, f- international player we've ever seen, in my opinion. That's that's my opinion. Who do you believe, you know, who's top five in your your opinion? Who do I have on my list? Or who do I not have on my list that you do? Uh, a lot of people I've heard say maybe Tony Parker. Uh, Joel Embiid might be in there. I don't know. But that was my list, so. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, sweater, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Uh, it's getting cold. It just snowed here, man, like a lot. So it's bundle up, man. Get you a hoodie. Get you some sweaters. Get in front of a uh, 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 chimney fire or get in front of a, a, a fire and just just drink some hot cocoa or whatever. I don't, I don't even like hot cocoa, but, you know, just go get some merch. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely would mean a lot to me. Um, and until next time, much love.
to 